This is Michael L. Craver with Escaping Vanity. We are talking about the subconscious lottery. I've talked about this for a, a couple of different episodes and decided, you know, let's give some examples. And maybe you've got the same matrix that I've got working in your mind. I've called it a nebula. I've called it all kinds of things. But it's a lottery. It's the randomness that comes out of your brainstorm. But I do that often in a very playful way to have a game with myself. And I'm doing it right in front of you. I'm doing it right here on the podcast. It's a mechanism where I'm, as I'm talking, I don't know what the end of the next sentence is going to be. Often, I will uh, have an argument that I'm going to have. I'll take a point of view. Okay, You and I, we disagree, and I've let you make all the decisions. Now it's over. There's been a conclusion probably been some disappointment right that's why we're having this discussion and i would say you know you made 100 percent of the decisions and we ended up with a failure so next time we're going to incorporate some of my ideas well why didn't you jump in last time because then if it went right you would have just claimed that you would have done that anyway you're taking credit and it just you know i, I gotta let you fail and then i can use that 100 percent. you're 100 percent in control there has to be change right now i have an absolute argument all right, and in those situations, I've probably got things lined up hand over fist to say back to you um, every time that you're going to rebut that you know you need to have some sort of a collusion with somebody else to make the next decision. If you run into a situation, you're in control of every step of the process, and it's not successful. Someone says, "Hey, how about trying my idea next time?" And you go, "Nah." We look at you. You tried your ideas last time. Hundred percent control. Failed. Need to do it differently. Well, you know, those are the times that I've got this. These points of view. Sometimes you know you, you're discussing something with somebody. All right. And what I'm getting at is, I've got this conveyor belt in my head in some of those situations, and the five or six thoughts that I've got running on that conveyor belt, they're falling in the box. I'm pronouncing them out loud to you. You're hearing me. You're getting my point. Okay. One, two, three. And sometimes I'm speaking faster in my head than I'm speaking out loud. And it's like when you move the box off the end of the conveyor line, one, something falls out of the way in the floor. It doesn't get packaged. It doesn't get shipped. That's the one that's lost. Well, this happens to my ideas. I've said idea number four in my head. I haven't said it out loud. One, two, three, five. And you you stop as this is going on. And you say, I might have missed something. And now you didn't miss anything. You caught everything that was said. My mind sometimes does that to itself. However, the subconscious lottery thing comes from a conversation I was having with a friend. And he said, you know, the best part of your messages, the best part of your podcast, everything, is you will begin speaking. Let's say it's a 60-second voice recording. And by seconds gone by, you get up to 40, 45 seconds. You're most of the way through the message. you got a pretty good idea where you're going with it. You know, I think here's what he's about to say. These are the possible endings to what he began but he said, you know, you always twist it right there at the end. Like, it's so smooth. You just didn't, like, it fits. It's perfect. 
But I never considered that that was going to be said. And I told him, I said, you know, that's the reason I write the way I do, I talk the way I do, because it's a, it's a surprise to me. So even if the audience does, is not entertained by it, I am. <laughs> that's it. To be honest with you, it's a selfish thing. It's like whatever comes out of my subconscious lottery. And that term has stuck with me. Uh, there's a lot of different situations I've had with people. We've we've gotten into arguments mostly, and I have these these memorable lines that I've said to people, where I said something very unflattering, and people have come back to me later. And I've talked about this on on other shows. You know, they say, you know, Michael, you ruined my day. I'll never look at you the same. I can't. Da 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 da. And I think to myself, you know, that's a shame. Because I don't know what I said. And apparently it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was very influential, whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, I just can't, like, for the life of me, I, I'll never remember what was said. But for you, you'll never forget it. And I just... I don't know. Some of those things, you know, I carry some of those with me. Some things I've said to people, I carry with me, and I use them in other places. They're just universal. I'll give you an example. I was talking about the restaurant where I say, you know, whatever your name is. All right. Uh, one of the things that I, I will sometimes do, and sometimes people th- call this demeaning or, you know, out of the way, is uh, there's a female around the corner from me. And I walk around the corner, and they go, hey, 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 say corner in, say behind, whatever. Like, I almost ran into you. And I say, yes, sir. And they're like, what? Mother. (laughs) You know, and so I understand from the perspective, Jordan Peterson got in all this trouble because he, you know, he said you can't make it law to call people you know, by other genders or whatever you don't see them as, whatever, like, that's that's infringing on free speech. And he's right, okay? But uh, I absolutely could see how those people would react based on, you know, this, just the generic conversations I've had to try to say something that would put some color in somebody's face, right? You, you're sitting there and you don't expect that somebody's going to say, oh, yes, sir. I used to keep a notepad when I was working at this barbecue place, which apparently I allegedly still occupy. And every time somebody asked me if I was the owner, I'd write it in my book. Check. Every time somebody called me, yes, ma'am, I'd write it in my book. Now, at the time, I had hair down to my shoulders. I understand, you you know, ponytail, you see me from the side, whatever. Now, from the front, I got facial hair, <laughs> you know. So, it was interesting to see that. And I never tried to get wound up about it. I'd turn, yeah, what, how can I help you? Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know. And I just had fun with them. And that's all I'm looking for. Here, I got this list of hidden, memorable things on my website. Our lighthouses see us through the bluff. Yes, I, I read that a couple of episodes ago. The best! The best comes from Mr. Fuji. We were working at a restaurant together. He swears up and down. This is from some Pauly Shore movie and we, called Son-in-Law. And it's not. I've watched the movie. I've tried to research this. Now, somebody else, you write in, give me some feedback, whatever. He says this term ta- that Pauly Shore would run around in the movie and go, The best! The worst! And so, it, it's not true. I watched the movie. But we would be at the restaurant and something would happen... You know, some some fortune that falls in your lap, like when you 
play a Monopoly. You get one of those chants, advance to go, get $200. The best! And, you you know, we'd make fun of it and, and say wild things. Um, That's right. I've I, It's not written here, and I know he still does it. I know people that work in places I will never step foot in again, but they still say things that I used to say. One of them is, <laughs> I was working in Greensboro, North Carolina. I was transferring restaurants, and I wanted to antagonize the people so they would want to see me go. I was trying to ruin the relationship. That's what I was doing. And the last week or so I was there, I was looking for something that would like you know get people's blood boiling, uh, not offend them, not you know it's not against any company policies or anything, right? So you got to be clever. What was clever? It was simple. I said, "Man, y'all are doing a great job." And then later it turned into, "You know, y'all are doing a great job." And <laughs> what? <laughs> And, it, you know, sometimes it'd be like, hey, man, great job. But I'd say it like 30 times throughout the night. So it was like, <laughs> it became a little obnoxious. And, you know, I would come back in the kitchen and I would say, uh, you know, my table told me to give my compliments to the chef. Told him he was doing a great. And before I could get it out, they were like, oh, God, they, your table didn't say that. Well, they did say the chef was doing wonderful. They said, give my compliments to the chef. Did they tell me to go abhor the chef and, and, and get in his face and say, hey, man, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You know, and it would get people rolling. And, you know, that's the point of it, was to, to, to just liven it up a little bit. Every now and then, somebody would say it to me. I'd do something really well, or, you know, somebody else would say something well. I'm like, hey, man, great job. And somebody else might look at him like, did you just say that? Do you mean it? Are you sincere? Are you being sarcastic? Because I had set the tone to where it was a facetious statement. But some people really genuinely meant, you know, that you're doing a good job. Maybe not a great job. Uh, what else is on my list here? That's mean. We talked about Ron Jones. That's mean. <laughs> he said, the 26, that's irony. That comes out of the subconscious lottery. We were talking about how uh, a statement, how something that happened in the world was ironic. F-E, the symbol for iron. It is 26th element of the periodic table. Scientific periodic table of elements. So I call it 26. You're British. Have I told this story? If I haven't, great. If I've told it, listen again. Maybe you'll laugh again. This girl from a dating app was uh, messaging me uh, previously. And this was a Sunday night, and I was working uh, that day. I came home... You know, I'm just sitting around the apartment, nobody to talk to, whatever, and I see that she's online, so say hello. And she says, hey, how are you doing? And I said, you know, what are you doing tonight? And she's like, oh, I'm studying, you know, for my major. And I was like, oh, cool, what's your major, you know? And very short answers. Um, I asked her what she might do with her major, which seemed like a great open-ended question, have a long discussion. She said, I don't know yet, you know. And I was like, oh, no, it's going nowhere fast. Of course, she did say she's studying, but whatever. And I'm like, you're, well, you're online. You're responding to me. Obviously, if you wanted to study, you put your phone on. This is what I do Like when I'm working. Like today, my phone's on Do Not Disturb. So if you don't hear from me, Do Not Disturb. And she's answered a few questions, but she's, I don't know, she's just irritating me the way that she's giving me these little short, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with my major. Why'd you pick that major? I don't know. And I thought, oh, this is going to be, this, I'm going to have to turn this into a moment. 
of comedy. Something original is going to come out of this. It's going to be great. I can feel it. Sometimes I can just feel when it's going to be really good. You know what I'm talking about, ladies. Anyway, she was answering questions. So I said, look, can I ask you a little bit about your family history? Get to know each other. And she says, okay, whatever. I said, all right, so is anybody in your family from India? Now, this was a white girl, blonde-headed, green eyes, whatever. And she was like, no, India. Like, I'm white. I said, all right, fine, fair enough, India. All right. How about Australia, then? Any of them dropped off in Australia? Might have been convicts, might have been colonists, might have been. She was like, no, that's strange. And I said, how about Hong Kong? And she was like, Hong, what? We're not Chinese, whatever. And so now I'm getting a little bit of substance to these answers, or maybe a little bit of attitude and flair. She said, no, what are you What are you getting at? I said, well, how about Canada? Anybody from British Columbia? She said, no, we're not from Canada. And I said, okay, one last place. And she was like, all right. I said, anybody from uh, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, or Northern Ireland? She said, no. To which I was like, well, they must have been, you know, Eastern European. Like, it, it, it doesn't narrow down where her family would be from. A lot of people are thinking, like, what are you asking? Where are you getting to? What I was getting to was this. I said, well, I don't think you're acting appropriately. If you're not from any of those places, then you need to change your tone and your attitude. And she was like, what, what do you mean? I said, you give me short answers. You're just being unpleasant. That's a nice way of putting it. She said, what do you mean a nice way of putting it? I said, well, I figure that you have to be from Great Britain or somewhere in the British Empire if you're going to act like a cunt. And she was <laughs> she lost her mind. <laughs> what? You know, and I just said to myself, well, it does make sense. It is a... Uh, Albion's land is, is something that uh, Iron Maiden calls England. It's an old word for the island. Um, it is their word. It does refer to their culture and their country. So if you're an American and you're calling another American a cunt, you're not doing it right. It does, it's not applicable. You're a Nazi. Am I a German socialist, mother? No, I'm not. You're not making any sense. Trump's a Nazi. He's not a socialist. It's the National Socialist Party. It's an NSDAP. So anyway, this girl, she was not British... She didn't have any right to act that way. She didn't have any, any ties to the lineage, any heritage. She just lost her mind. <laughs> but I told that story. I know it was a Sunday night because I told that story Monday to Larry, who was working with me. Um, great guy. And 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 uh, we used to have so much fun. I'd be getting something out of the cooler, and Larry would walk up to me. And I'm kneeled down, so you know my head's right at eye level with his jeans and zipper and everything. And I'd turn to Larry, and I'd say, Hey, big man, you need something? He'd say, yeah. <laughs> and we're just having fun, right? We're just having fun. So make yourself vulnerable. I talked about this a couple episodes ago. Don't know. Don't be a bitch. I said, yeah, but you got to know when to play the fool. You know? That's when you have fun getting along with people. Uh, so I told him the story about the girl who was not British. And later on during the day, um, I think her name was Hillary, but one of the waitresses came back and needed something from the kitchen and started barking at the guys behind the line. Hey, you ain't doing nothing. Can I get some mayo? And I'm like, get some mayo? I didn't know you were British. <laughs> and Larry, just, he, he fell on the floor. 
on his butt, just sitting there with his hands on his knees, just laughing. He was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said that to her. And I thought, well, I didn't say nothing. You and I know what I'm referring to, but, like, now it's a code word. It's like when people say skeet or whatever. Like, that's now it's masked language. I've never understood why they don't do this with any of the protesting or, or any of the people who are, oh, my southern heritage. Well, just make up other words that they would then have to start adjusting to, right? You'll have to keep using this traditional word. Anyway, it was it was fun. You're British. Where the roads are, this is the next item on my list, where the roads are paved twice. Oh, my daughter hates this one, by the way. She says, Dad! <laughs> Somebody came to my kitchen and needed something while I'm expoing the line. Rang it in some odd way. Uh, you know, it happens. And I'm just giving them, you know, a little bit of a reminder. Like, hey, that's extra work for, for everybody. And I said, <sighs> they gave me some lip. And I was like, oh, now I, I don't want to, man. Now I got to say something to you. This subconscious lottery. Sometimes sometimes you're a winner. <laughs> and she was a winner. Um, I said, aren't you from, you're from Greensboro, right? That's where the roads are so smooth. He was like, what? I said, that's where the roads are. They're double thick. You know, they're extra smooth. Always working on the roads in Greensboro. Nice and thick and smooth. Awesome. She was like, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, in the town you're from. That's where the they've got the public works people working overtime, right? Because they tar the roads. So everything everything in the town is tarred. And then they go over the roads again, and they retar it, and, you know, so every, you know, you know what I'm saying. And she was like, I don't, what are you, t- what are you talking about? And so one of the guys in the kitchen's laughing, because he's, he's trying to make the leap. Now, it ain't much of a leap, because I know what I said, and if you're listening to this, you know me, you know what I said. So, she goes over to the drink station, <coughs> away from me, and says, you know, something under her breath. And the guy in the kitchen, he says, Hey, Shelly, you know he's calling you retarded. And she was like, He said that? Michael, you trying to call me stupid or something? I said, Well, I, I didn't think you were smart enough to get it, quite frankly. And she said, <laughs> The manager who was next to me at the counter started laughing. We're laughing. She ain't laughing. She did laugh a little bit, but, you know, it was just one of those things where, like, that's my favorite stuff. Red Fox has this method in his comedy show. This is one specific joke on on the record he talks about, where he says, I'm a pro. Watch this. I tell you. I'm going to tell the joke. The whole room will be real quiet. We're all going to understand. We're all going to listen. And then we're all going to get it together. And we laugh together. And they were like, "What? You can hear the people quieting down. Like, what's what's he talking about?" And his joke is, he says, "There's two two women walking down the street, and one of them looks to the other and says, "Oh dear, look down there on the corner. Isn't that your husband coming out of the florist?" And she says, "Yes. Damn it, he's got two dozen roses in his hands. Oh, I'm gonna have to keep my legs up in the air for three days." And her friend says, "Oh yeah. Well, why don't you get a vase?" And it was, you know, <laughs> people, you know, and some people aren't going to get that, and some people are. But she wasn't going to. The joke is, where are you putting the roses? I guess. But 
you know, I, I just think to myself, like, you know, it's where the roads are paved twice. There's, there's so many innuendos that I would then play off of that. Oh, the pavement's nice and thick. Or, uh, you know, we'd be riding around in the car. And I can remember, because my oldest usually sits in the front, so Colt's next to me and Riley's in the back. And I try to say things that make them just laugh and spit their drink out. I've got to clean the car up, but it happens often because we're making fun of each other and we're, we're just having a ball. You know, we all love each other. And, you know, we'll we'll be somewhere and we'll see somebody who's got something going on on the side of the road, a business, a car, whatever it might be. And I say, they're not from around here. They're from that town. Where the roads are paved twice. And my daughter will say, Dad, that's mean. Don't say that. And I said, that's right. That's mean. And Jonathan, my youngest in the back seat, will then chime in. And this is like a title. This is like the ocean. This waves just rolling. Jonathan goes, Dad, that's mean. And I said, that's right. And we just, you know, it's just the most fun to have all this lingo, it comes out, and it's part of the what I call the subconscious lottery. I'll start a sentence. I don't know what the end of the sentence is. One of the things I've got written here at the top, and I didn't go over this. This is, this is the, the people call it the coup de gras. The coup de gras uh, is um, about this young man in Virginia. Um, just a suggestion. What is just a suggestion? Oh, that's the uh, the scheduling thing. From If you've been in a restaurant, you've been scheduled 5 to 8. You know, they don't cut you at 8 o'clock. They don't let you go home. Oh, you know, you know we need you a little bit. Volume, stay with your tables, whatever. And they don't, they don't let you leave when they scheduled you out. And they'll tell you, you know, that your out time is just a suggestion. And I started showing up late. I think I've told this story. But I started showing up like 5.15 instead of 5 o'clock and whatever. And they'd say, well, you know, you're late. And I said, no, I'm not. That time's just a suggestion. And other people would laugh, and they'd be like, oh, you know, I don't care. I'm going to give you hell, because you can tell me that. Like, you're not going to have a double standard, you know. I appreciate the job and everything, but we're going to be straight with each other. If you got some flexibility, I should have some flexibility. Right? Right. Thanks. What else we got? Being a copycat. Somebody, and this happened to me the other day, I'll take, and I'll be saying something. And the person I'm talking to will start using some of my lingo and they'll reply back to me as if they're, you know, they're using my terms on me. And I say, you know, I know there's transgender people, but I didn't know there was intraspecies people. They're special, special, special ed, special ed. What would it be? I don't know. But you need to learn where you are and what species you are. Because it's one thing to be a human. It's another thing to be a pussy, you know, a, a copycat. You know what I'm saying? And they were... <laughs> And it's, now, what I just said doesn't make a lot of sense. If you laughed at that or you think that's like some kind of great, it's not. That's a stretch to the max. It's as legitimate as any of the astrological stuff that you're looking at in the sky. Oh, my horoscope says. (laughs) Yeah, sure. What's the, the last thing on this list that's in here? Says, below the, oh, I can't, I can't. Those of you who know it's coming um, we were having a, a spirited discussion among men. This man from Virginia, his name is Toby. And those of you who've seen the movie Ro- uh, Roots, Roots, <laughs> have you seen Roots? Jesus, Michael. 
This guy's name is Toby. I'm getting wound up thinking about this story. This is going to be the one that's going to get me thrown off the air. <laughs> I'm going to take you right now. <laughs> so Toby uh, is arguing with me. He says something about this chat's only for winners or something or another. And I don't remember. We're, we're arguing about wrestling or football or something. And I told him, well, then, you know. Are we talking about arbitrary fans who live vicariously? Are we t- we're not talking about winners in the game of life. or You wouldn't be here. You know, and he didn't like that. He said a few choice things. I said, you know your name. You know where it comes from, right? Your parents named you after that movie Roots. You know, Kunta Kente. They called him Toby. You know who he was. He was a house. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> and I said, hey, I didn't say nothing. I just want you to think about where your name might have come from. It could have come from a lot of places. That's just what comes to mind. You just seem to me like you're lazy and shiftless. And he was—he is disabled, so I don't mean any harm. If Toby, if you hear this, you know I still love you. But he—he he kind of flipped out on that. He was like, "I'll, I'll beat your ass, disabled. You, I'll give you my address." And so he—he he started to proceed to put his address in the chat. He's oh man, he's wound up. He wants to kick some ass. So. I told him that I put his address into my... I've got Android. I put it in the Google Maps. Nothing came up. Gave me an error. And he said something along the lines of like, oh, no, it's not. You're a fucking liar. And, you know, somebody else looked this up with their... Who else has got an Android phone? So they look it up. It comes up in their, their Google Maps. And, you know, he's like, yeah, what are you going to do now, pussy? So I said, you know, Toby... It's because of the settings on my phone. It won't let me pull you up in GPS. I gotta go. I gotta call like somebody in IT to get this stuff fixed. And he was like, "What, what are you talking about? Like, you don't need to. You know where I'm at." Da, 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 da. And I said, "Well, my phone just it won't let me come there. It's because of my standards. It's the way the phone is set up." <sighs> I'm gonna tell you my secret. I gotta come clean with you, Toby. I cannot come and fight you because of my GPS. Because I set up the GPS. And because my GPS doesn't go south of the poverty line. And that fool, <laughs> he lost his damn mind. He's whatever. You know, and I've used that line below the poverty line on other people. You know, I've been talking to people who have been talking trash to me. And I say, you know, I usually don't talk to people like you because, you know, I don't go below the poverty line. And they, oh, that is like. The ultimate dig, man. I'm telling you. You know, and it's a lot of these things that I'm saying. So you could slap them on a t-shirt and sell them. You know. Niall, uh, Anthony, he he sent me a message yesterday. He was like, yeah, you know, I do that all the time on the job site. I said, don't be a bitch. He was like, I said, right. I said, it's just one of those things. It becomes this dexterous thing that's leg. It's got legs. It's not only applicable to Toby. It's like, it can be anywhere. You're a lady. You're talking to a guy. He's talking trash to you. He's being an idiot. Tell him you don't... Hey, baby, why don't you suck on this? And you go, I don't suck anything south of the poverty line. Whoa. You know, and he's going to cry in front of you, and you need to offer him some tissue or something. You know, you don't fuck this boy up. That's what... But that's the kind of thing that comes out of my head. I just, you know... Some of it's really clever. It's the stuff that's written into the the many things. You're talking about the, the lottery. It's written into the many things that I have on my website. All of that stuff comes from there. It's real simple. Anyways, Friday. We'll keep this short and sweet. We're at 27 minutes. Let's get on my list here. 
anything else I want to, to throw into this episode. Someone is upset. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday in, in a in a conference call. And they said, you know, if someone's upset. You got to listen to them, and you got to get. And I said, yeah, that's the thing. Like it's like fizz on top of your beer or your soda or whatever. It's like uh, if you got a crock pot, you got to let the steam off to get down to the substance, right? So that's uh, when you're dealing with people, think about it that way. You got uh, conflict resolution. Maybe that's what I should have done with Toby after I. Created all this. I got him all steamed up. I should have waited. Released the uh, the valve on the pressure cooker. Wrestling stories. There's the one about Shelly. I didn't know you're British. Uh, yeah, and the other thing I'll mention to you, and I meant to say this in, in the beginning, because people have asked me how come I'm not writing as much and stuff. Um, I usually write when I have questions, dilemmas, and things are going wrong. I mean, I write for the purpose of solving an issue that I have conflicting or different ideas in my head. And I need to put them on a piece of paper, like a transparency on an overhead. And I need to look at them and, and lay them out and question one versus the other and what's the best information. I haven't had to do that in a while. I, f- I feel really great. i got a, you know, a, a work-from-home corporate job and you know, podcast is booming and funny stuff going on. I'm sharing it with you guys. And then the fitness thing has been going great. And, you know, them, you know my, my kids will be here tomorrow. They're doing excellent in their schooling. Um, what's the other thing? What, what are their immediate things? Um, I know that um, I got good karma because I wrote here the, the books and the shipping. I paid some extraneous amounts of shipping this week. Because and if you're not privy to this and you're on my Facebook or you're listening, down my page is a I had a couple of boxes of books of different things. I said whoever wants them can. Have, I didn't say this outright, but it was whoever wants them can have them free of charge. I'll ship them to you. I'll bring them to you. And a, bu- a big box was Stephen King. There was another one that was a lot of quote books and motivational stuff and whatever. You know, it was good stuff. But I put if anybody's interested, then you should direct message me something along those lines. And what I meant was, just tell me you're the one that's interested and you can have them. But other people would message me and be like, how, you, how much you want? Well, that was the trick. I didn't want anything. All you had to do was message. All you have to do is ask. I preach about this all the time on the, on the podcast. Open door policy. All you got to do is ask. You know? Oh, okay, sneak away and get the check in the bathroom break. This is, you know about the subconscious lottery. I'll tell you how this works in, in terms of generosity. And I'll wrap up on this because it's a beautiful note. Um, I I even did this on my birthday at Liberty Steakhouse in High Point, North Carolina, and they're they're closed now for some some ugly reasons. Um, I would go to the bathroom like halfway through the meal after we'd ordered everything and it's been put in, and usually we don't get dessert. But after we'd order everything, I'd take my credit card out, slip it in my back pocket. All right, and when I got ready to go to the bathroom, I would spot the waiter somewhere who was waiting on our section. I even did this on my birthday, right? So I I'd say, oh. Guys, excuse me. I'm going to go to the restroom. I'll be right back. Okay, great. And I get up, and I go to the waiter, and I say, here, put this with the check. Whenever you print one out or put, go ahead and put it in the book, whatever. It's going to be on me. You know, all you got to do is bring me the slip. You know, if you got a way you want you know. So they would hold on to my card, 
and do the thing. And then when it came time for the bill, they'd hand it to me and the other people at the table. Be, I thought this was the, the most clever thing, you know, because I had done that. My brother and my dad, you can see them both like lean up like they're letting somebody through the aisle. They're both leaning up, reaching for their wallet in the back pocket when the check comes because they want to pay for my birthday dinner. And I've already paid for it. And they kind of looked at me like, what? You know, and I thought, yeah, who else would do that? Probably some other idiot. <laughs> but I did. And it's a secret that I've done many times. I went out to a family dinner somewhere else, and I go over, and it just it just pops into my head. It's a subconscious thing, man. You just, let's let's pick up the bill. And you'll grab, you know, the, the, the server and tell them, you know, here's my card, put it with the check, and bring it back to me in the end. And then I sign for it, and that's it. If somebody insists that I don't leave the tip, that they leave the tip, uh, I'm somewhat negotiable on that. But, you know, I'm trying to go above and beyond. The subconscious lottery is the kind of thing where you've got a relationship with a girl. you got access to wine bottles, not to get her drunk. You clean out those wine bottles. You use a rubber band for this. You take your pinky and wine. You write her a handwritten letter or type one up, you know. And you roll it real, real, real tight. And then you wrap rubber bands around it. You can use tape. The catch with the tape is when you go to cut the tape off, you have to use like a razor. You could cut the paper. It, it will damage the paper most times. But you use a rubber band. You drop the note in a wine bottle when it's wound real small like that. And then you can hide that wine bottle anywhere, man. You can leave it out like you're giving her a bottle of wine, put it with a candle, you can put it in a car, laundry basket, underneath the pillow, whatever. Those are the kind of things that people... You're a guy out there and you want to make it somewhere. Do things like that. You're not really setting yourself apart because I'm telling you how to do it now. But they'll appreciate it nonetheless. Oh, you've been listening to Michael's podcast. Who cares? It's still thoughtful. Buying flowers ain't my idea either. I'll still do it. You keep you like, go by the dollar store. Buy you a vase for like a buck. And then keep in your car. And all you need is a bottle of water. You know you're going to buy her flowers? Grab a bottle of water. Go buy McDonald's and ask for a water. Pour some water in the vase. Put the flowers in the vase. I mean, this is simple. If you know you're going to do that, put some scissors in your back pocket or something. Go ahead and trim them while you're in the car. Cut the plastic off of them so you're not giving her flowers still packaged from the Walmart, the grocery store, the food line, whatever. Because, you know, I'll buy the ones that are four for tw- three for 12 so they're $4. Oh, you're cheap. No, it's not a cheap. Ask any woman who's ever received them. They don't look at it like it's cheap. You're going at it the wrong way. For just a dollar more than your Monster Energy drink, you can buy her flowers that'll last for two weeks. About that time, folks. I gotta get back to work. Thank you for listening to me on this gorgeous Friday. Looking forward to uh, seeing the kiddos tomorrow. I got a young man with a birthday next weekend. What am I going to get him? I don't even know. Guess I'm going to have to rely on the subconscious lottery. I'll talk to you soon. Take care.